What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE Fantasy Football. Today's a very special episode, arguably the most important episode of the summer because we're talking about running bikes. Running backs win your fantasy football league. The early round running backs win your fantasy football league. League winners come from running backs in the early part of your draft. Wide receivers don't move the needle. They don't win your fantasy football league. Very, 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 very rarely do quarterbacks move the needle in fantasy football leagues. We've been spoiled with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes over the last couple of years, but technically those are one in 10 year, one in a decade, right? They have a word for 10 years. Good job, Nicholas. They have a one in a decade type of player come around like that when it comes to fantasy football. Running backs move the needle like a crackhead. So today we are talking about the official big dogs must own running backs in the early rounds. Here's what we're going to do. This is going to be a three-part series. We're going to do the must draft running backs round by round all the way up until round nine. So today's video will be rounds one through three. The next video will be rounds four through six. The video after that, I'm sure you all can figure this out. If you're smart enough to come watch me, you're smart enough to figure out what numbers come after six. It goes seven, eight, nine. So this will be episodical. You should put the shit on Netflix. I'm ready to roll. Y'all are here because you're ready to hear me talk some shit. Talk those big, big facts. So tuck your shirt in. I'll stop yelling if you guys stop yelling. Let's eat. So here's how we're going to do this. First, I'm going to ask you to hit the thumbs up if you enjoy the video. You can keep watching, and if you hate it, then don't hit the thumbs up. But if at some point you're like, ooh, that was a pretty cool stat, that was a nice big fact that I've never heard before, please just go scroll down and hit the thumbs up. It helps myself and the channel tremendously. We're going to go round by round, and I'm going to choose somebody that you should not leave that round without if you have the opportunity to draft them. I'm not going to roll out Christian McCaffrey for round one, Saquon Barkley for round one, because those are the obvious names, and you're basically don't have a chance to draft them unless you're in the top two or three picks. The rest of them, all of the running backs will be within their ADP range. Everyone I list in that round must come from that round in terms of average draft position. So no hooting and hollering about all this nonsense. Round one. And the name I want to throw out here, like I said, it's not Saquon. It ain't C-Mac. It ain't Derrick Henry. It certainly ain't Joe Mixon. It's Alvin Kamara. Now he will go as the third pick the fourth pick, the fifth pick sometimes. I have seen him draft. This is true story. I have seen him drafted at pick seven, at pick eight, at pick nine in some drafts. I'm here to tell you that he should be going as high as the third overall pick this year. There is as strong of an argument as anyone, as Alvin Kamara, to be picked at the 103 spot. The analysis on Alvin Kamara from 2019 will run its course, will run through the bones of his high ankle sprain as we saw with Saquon Barkley last year. Nothing was different about Alvin Kamara prior to the high ankle sprain. From weeks one through five, he was the single most elusive running back in the NFL per pro football focus. The highest elusive graded running back, and it wasn't even close. Those are typical things we expect from Alvin Kamara. It's what we've come to learn. It's what we've come to love about Mr. Kamara. Now, he suffers the high ankle sprain, and then those next six, seven eight weeks where he's pushing himself, where he's trying to get bike on the field, where he misses some time, we see a massive drop off in that elusive rating. He's all the way down to running back 40 in the elusive category. It's the biggest drop since Kendrick Lamar's damn. Man, I miss Kendrick Lamar. Where you at, man? We need another album, dog. It's been like three years. Uh. So Kamara 
easiest way to put this is that he was awesome. Then he suffers a high ankle sprain. He wasn't awesome. He starts to get back to his former self once he has time to recover. And we saw that towards the end of the season, similar to Saquon last year when he finally got healthy down the down the stretch. He was awesome, similar to your boy Anthony McFarland last year at Maryland when he finally got healthy. He exploded over the last week of the season. Kamara scored five rushing touchdowns over their final three games, including that playoff game, week 16, week 17, and the playoffs. He was bike. Kamara never left. His ankle left. It zapped all of his explosiveness. Now, we do have some other things to cover here. We have to cover all the ground. We have to play devil's advocate on the devil. The touchdown numbers were funky last year. He scores 31 touchdowns through his first two seasons. 31 touchdowns in 31 games. Last year, he scores just six touchdowns in 14 games. Are we worried? There is one correct answer to that question. And the answer is no. People start to point to the fact that Latavius Murray was there. And that's actually something to be worried about. Did Latavius Murray take the goal line role? Was he the running back involved when they got near the end zone in the 10 yard line? The answer remains no. Kamara on a limited game size saw seven goal line carries compared to Murray's three. He did not cede the goal line job to Murray. Kamara had seven targets inside the 10 yard line. Latavius Murray had a fucking donut. The role is still Kamara's. When they are down by the end zone, Kamara dominated the goal line carries. He dominated the targets at that part of the field. What happened is just the Saints didn't score as many touchdowns as they typically did over the last three to four years. They didn't do it in 2019. So it kind of comes down to what you think about this Saints offense. Now they have a Drew Brees healthy again, right? Drew Brees missed five or six games last year, and that impacted how well this offense ran. Brees healthy, still a top three offensive line. They add Emmanuel Sanders, and they get to play in the division against Atlanta and Carolina. The Bucks' defense should be improved, but with Brady there, I mean, they're going to score points too. This should be a division that features 60-point over-unders almost weekly. I love their odds of being a high-powered offense once again. I love the odds of Kamara going for double-digit touchdowns once again in 2020. You look at what FanDuel Sportsbook has him plugged at right now for total yardage, rushing and receiving. They have him back up at 1550. So he's caught 81 passes in all three seasons he's been in the NFL. Last year, he did that in 14 games. So we're talking about 81 passes in 14 games. That is the highest total on a per game basis that he's had in his career. That's almost six receptions per game, y'all. And he's going to be scoring close to, if not near those other numbers that he had, where he had 18 touchdowns his second year, 13 his rookie year. I expect him to be much closer to that touchdown total than whatever he did last year because he still has that role. This offense is going to roll. Vegas has him pegged at 15-50. It's what he did his rookie year. It's what he did his sophomore year. It's what he's going to do in 2020. Give me all of the Kamara in any sort of receiving formatted league. Again, don't pass him up because you're worried about what happened last year. That's how I'm feeling about Kamara. But as an analyst... And as an audience member, I think it is our jobs to look elsewhere, right? Look to the people that you also respect in the industry. See what they are saying. See what some of your favorite podcasters, favorite tweeters, your twatters, YouTubers are saying about these players. Play devil's advocate on however you're feeling about a certain player. Y'all know we have our own draft guide here, which is just an incredible value. And you can grab that right now through Monkey Knife Fight. All the instructions listed there. But sometimes I dive into other people's products and services and draft kits to see if they are worthy of showing them to y'all. What they're doing over at Roto Underworld is 
awesome. They have this extreme cheat sheet within their quote unquote world famous draft kit. Someone confirm the geographic region of their fan base before we say world famous over there. Let's pull let's pull bike the reins a little bit there, Matthew. No, in all seriousness, one of the coolest parts of their draft kit is this page right here. These are their rankings. Everything they do over here is super aesthetically pleasing, which is one of my favorite parts of working with a brand like Player Profiler. Their rankings are different than anyone else's in the industry. They break it down PPR, half PPR, and standard. They also have this little switch here, two quarterback, super flex. You little do a little clicky clicky there, bing, bang, boom, everything changes. But those are nominal things. When we get into the actual guts of this cheat sheet, here's what's awesome. You go to a guy like Alvin Kamara, and of course, we're on the same page here. He's got Kamara as the running back three. No surprise there. Great minds, as they say. When you click on a player, look at all the shit that pops up here. And you see in the second paragraph, despite the injury and a career low 14 games played, still caught 81 balls for the third straight season. His rushing efficiency didn't suffer much either. The lack of explosiveness, 13, 18 touchdowns, perennial 100 catch candidate. You could see all the good shit here. They also have a video analysis profile of every single player on here, along with all these statistics that I think are really, really, really cool in terms of like strength of schedule for 2020. You don't have to go to all these different resources in order to find what you're looking for. So we have a video profile of Alvin Kamara from some of the best analysts across the industry. He basically has people come on there. Speaking of, we got the homie Mike Me Up doing the Lamar Jackson preview. I believe he did DeAndre Swift as well. Y'all know the big dog. So let's give this video a thumbs up because Mr. Michael's out here grinding for the Roto Underworld draft kit. They have a lot of really cool shit and arguably the coolest fucking piece of this feature is this. You could use this during your drafts because you select this little button over here and boom, the man's is crossed off. If you're doing a live draft with your friends, this tool is fucking cool as shit. This is what I love about fantasy. Everybody's brand takes a different approach to giving you tools and products that y'all need. So to get this, you literally just got to go over to playerprofiler.com. You'll see this draft kit button up on the top here and y'all are set to go. Let's move on to Round number two, must own, must draft. Don't leave the damn round unless you have this player on your team. And I have yelled about him nonstop this summer, and the hype train has not given up. If anything, we hit the fucking Nas button, and it's Miles Sanders, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm drafting Miles Sanders in the first round, and I'm not hesitating doing so. I don't care about, oh, it's not good value. I want to make sure I get someone else, and then he drops. Fuck that. Miles Sanders is worth every bit of a first round pick. But you don't have to take him in the first round. I know I've been talking about how some ADPs have him in the first round. That is FFPC. Those are high stakes league. Those are also full PPR. But the majority of y'all play in normal fucking leagues on ESPNs and the Yahoo. And four for four, well, this is not like a paid plug or anything. I will link this resource directly in the show notes in the description of the video that will take you to this page. They compile the ADPs from all these different websites, CBS, ESPN, FFPC, Best Ball 10s, NFL.com, Yahoo. They give you the averages of where these players are going. So I think this is the most relatable grouping of ADP data that you're going to find on the web for those of you that are not playing in high stakes leagues like 99% of normal people watching this video. As you can see here, Miles Sanders is the 19th player off the board. And that is the easiest smash since the female version of Dak. The big concern with him was whether or not Peterson was going to make this a running back by committee. And I've said this once, I've said it a million times. If they brought in a veteran, I would have pulled the reins back on Miles Sanders. But we're getting closer and closer to kickoff, getting closer and closer to September 10th, and they have not yet signed a veteran running back, leaving the bike field open completely to Miles Sanders. Last year, he led all rookies in yards from scrimmage, 1,327. He caught 50 passes on 63 targets while playing on 52% of the snaps. This man saw 63 targets out of the backfield playing on 52% of the team snaps last year. Worry number two, 
The offensive line, Brandon Brooks is gone for the year. Fortunately, they were able to sign Jason Peters, who was going to come in, switch positions from tackle, and play that guard role. So that is a huge gap filler for them here. Regardless, looking around the industry, Fantasy Pros and PFF both still have Philadelphia ranking inside the top 10 in terms of offensive line post Brandon Brooks's injury. So we could sit here all day and argue about which running back in Philadelphia's backfield can compete with Sanders for touches. There's no one. It's Boston Scott. And I understand he had a good month of the season at the end of the season, but I've showed this chart plenty of times as well. Over the last four games, Boston Scott saw six, seven, six, and four targets. Sanders saw five, six, six, and five targets, 22. So one fewer target over the last four games. We all remember Boston Scott getting so heavily involved. But Miles Sanders was right there. And that is with Miles Sanders leaving week 17 with an ankle injury. Sanders was just a tick off in volume, but was more productive. He had the touchdown. He had 50 receiving yards per game as opposed to Boston Scott's 38. And just how good is Miles Sanders in the passing game? I went back and looked at every rookie running back since the year 2000. Sanders is 50 receptions ranked 14th on that list. And among 31 rookie running backs that saw at least 50 targets since the year 2000. Sanders is 8.1 yards per target, ranked second. His 10.2 yards per reception, ranked third. And check this out from a man's Ian Harden. Go follow this guy if you're not already. I find myself posting his tweets in my videos almost daily. The top four Doug Peterson single game running back snap rates with the Eagles. In his four years as the Eagles coach, it was Miles Sanders in weeks 11, 12, 13, and 16. Over 80% in all four of them. Where the fuck is a running back by committee? Once... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jordan Howard went down. Miles Sanders blew the fuck up. And we're not even talking about his touchdown upside, right? We're looking at Miles Sanders as like an explosive big play, get involved in the passing game. Jordan Howard had eight goal line carries in the half a season he played. If you're pacing that out to a full season, eight to 16, 16, 16, checks out. Math's good. Bing, bang, boom. That is always amongst the top five numbers in terms of goal line carries. What if Sanders sees 15 goal line carries? He's converting seven, eight, nine of them and catching probably two or three or four, maybe a lucky year of five receptions, touchdowns through the air. Now we're starting to see some hype come out from Philly reporters and, and Philly camp and whatnot. NFL insider Adam Kaplan predicts Miles Sanders will receive 15 to 18 touches per game. And I put a lot of money that those projections, since they were back in May, were with the mindset that they'd be signing a veteran to the backfield. If you guys remember from my league winning running back video just a couple of weeks ago, I broke down what it actually takes to make up a league winner in terms of statistics, in terms of the build of the player. I broke it down into all the running backs over the last 10, 12 years, whatever it was, that have scored 20 or more fantasy points per game throughout the season. Those are real league winning running backs. So this is a list of all running backs over the last 12 years, I think it was, that have averaged 20 fantasy points per game or more in that season and their touch counts and all the other shit that makes it up. So I'll, I'll link that video down below if you want to see a more like analytical breakdown of all this shit. You see that column all the way to the right, carries per game. 12 of the 20 saw fewer than 19 carries a game. The average number of carries per game that these league winning running backs saw were 18.9. Six of them were under 18 carries a game. Four of them were 
at 16.3 or fewer carries per game. You do not need 20 carries per game in today's NFL. If Miles Sanders gets 15 carries and three or four receptions per game, he's going to blow the fuck up and it puts him in the range of a league winning running back. You have their running back coach come out, Deuce Staley, says the second year back will be on full display in 2020. I'm excited about Miles Sanders. I'm excited about him handling the full load. I think you put it on him and let him go. Listen, man, the last half of last season was an absolute explosion. He's in a very good offense, a very good, still above average despite the injury, offensive line. He is set up to absolutely explode this year. There's nothing about his profile that says that he's not going to be a top fantasy running back this year. The touches are there. There's tons of involvement in the passing game. There will be plenty of scoring opportunities, and no one's even near his size to take away those valuable touches from him. Miles Sanders in the second round, this is it. This is this is it. If you learn nothing else ever from me, it's Miles Sanders in the second round, no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. If you want all of my no matter what players, we do a giant article. I actually wrote the giant article, and it's in the Big Dog Draft Guide right now. So all this shit I'm talking about right now, all the big facts we're dropping are just a portion of what we put into the draft guide. I do this same thing with quarterbacks, with running backs, with wide receivers, with tight ends, strategy, rankings, PPR, standard, half, literally everything you need to prep for your 2020 fantasy football draft is in the draft guide. If you play in dynasty leagues, if you got rookie drafts coming up, if you got season long drafts coming up, you want to learn about injuries, Dr. Morse's full injury guide is in the draft guide as well. This is the single best product, I promise you. I wouldn't feel this passionate about fucking pitching it to you if I didn't think it was worth the $10 that you have to pay to get it. If you're eligible for monkeyknifefight.com, then all you got to do is head over to monkeyknifefight.com, throw $10 on there, they will give you a free $5 play card when you do deposit the 10 bucks using promo code BDGE. Very important. Must use a promo code BDGE when you deposit 10 bucks and then play a game on their website. Soon as you play a game on their website, I will get notified and I will give you email instruction access to the draft guide. If you are not eligible for Monkey Knife Fight, unfortunately, you could still cop the guide through bigdogsdraftguide.com. All that will be in the description, all the information, all the links, all the correct places. But monkeyknifefight.com, promo code BDGE, when you deposit 10 bucks, you'll get everything in the guide, which is about a thousand bajillion hours worth of work. If you think the big facts in this video are good, you're going to get your cock blown off by the draft guide. Let's move to round number three. Now, this is an interesting one. I actually highlighted two guys because I think both of them are suitable picks here. We have Melvin Gordon and we have Christopher Carson. The way I'm looking at the strategy for this year's draft, right? I look at a lot of trends. I watch the entire offseason market come together and see what happens with how we need to be drafting optimally for 2020 to build a good team. Now, I almost never go into drafts being like, I'm going to go position, 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 right? This year is different. I want two running backs in the first two rounds. I know that for sure because the wide receiver group is just so full of depth. It is full of depth like my veins are filled with margaritas. Too much drop off from running backs in the early rounds to running backs later and not enough early wide receivers to mid wide receivers. It just, it just doesn't make sense. So I'm prefacing with all this to say, I'm hoping to leave the first two rounds with two running backs. If I don't, you know, cookie doesn't always crumble that way. The margarita don't always spill that way. Even though it spills on my laptop all the time, I can't fucking write L's anymore. That's neither here nor there. If you don't go two for two in the first two rounds, you don't want to go slipping past round three without two running backs. And these are my top choices, Melvin Gordon and Chris Carson. I like both of them a lot this year. I will say the riskier pick here for sure is Chris Carson due to his injury 
history. He's the easier fade of the two. He's also going later than Melvin Gordon. So you'll have to make that tough decision when it comes. He's obviously coming off of a very major hip injury and we don't know what his status really is right now. We're about a month out from gameplay and we don't know how healthy he really is. So that is uh, a major concern as well as just his injury history in general is a major concern. But the bigger point is this. I don't think people actually understand just how involved, just straight up, Chris Carson was an absolute workhorse for the Seattle Seahawks last year. This is a thread I put out on Twitter. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Nick underscore BDGE. I'm always tweeting out these beautiful fantasy nuggets. Discounting Chris Carson's week 16 last year, where he played on 32% of the snaps before leaving in the second quarter with a hip fracture, right? So we don't want to obviously put those into his jumbled stats and that's non-predictive. Discounting week 16. In 2019, Chris Carson had 16 or more touches in 93% of his games, 18 or more touches in 86% of his games, 20 or more touches in 64% of his games, 24 or more touches in 50% of games. I'm going to repeat that last one for you. 24 or more touches in 50% of his games. Now the thread goes on. Week 12 was the only game in 2019 where Carson had fewer than 16 touches. Again, discounting week 16, aka the game where he fumbled on bike-to-bike plays. The second and only other game in which he had fewer than 18 touches was in week 3 where he fumbled for the third time in as many weeks. So the fumble concern is real, but we typically don't see running backs have fumble issues from year over year. This happens every year. We always get a new player who are, sometimes it was college players like Sony Michelle coming into college. That was such a huge concern for him. And every year we get one guy who fumbles it a lot. Everyone worries about that. And then we never really hear it again, right? That's just, it's just not something that's sticky when it comes to NFL players. They end up somehow getting better at it or whatever. Maybe it's just the luck of the bounce. The luck of a, a couple punches will make it look way worse than it actually is. Rashad Penny is almost definitely going to open the year on the pup. The only real competition for Carson is his fourth round rookie, DJ Dallas. Carlos Hyde, I get it, whatever. He was okay on the Texans last year. He came in and said as much as Chris Carson is the clear starter here. I'm just competing for a backup role. I don't expect him to push Chris Carson whatsoever. He's just a redundant, less talented version of Chris Carson. And it's a major stretch to think that DJ Dallas actually going to compete with Carson for touches. So if Carson is out there healthy in week one. He is a fantastic round three pick, but Melvin, man, Melvin is a year removed and a shit offensive line removed from being a top three fantasy running back on a points per game basis. People are sleeping on Melvin in this Denver offense, sleeping with a capital Z. Now I will lay out my concerns first and foremost. It is possible that Drew Locke is just not good and he tanks this entire offense. It is possible that this turns into a running back by committee between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. And lastly, I think it is possible that maybe we've seen the best of Melvin Gordon and maybe he's just not a very good running back anymore. Because I've, I've seen the uh, debates. I've seen people yell about Melvin Gordon just not actually being a good running back. Listen, he's only 27 years old. I know we talk about running backs getting old and a 27 year old running back is not someone you want to invest in in dynasty leagues. But when we talk about washed running backs, man, like David Johnson is soon to be 29 years old. Le'Veon Bell, 28 and a half. So he's soon to be 29 as well. Like Melvin Gordon's a pretty sizable amount and exponentially so because that's the prime of running back's career younger than those guys. So Melvin Gordon, I don't think we've seen the last of his good days, man. I really don't. I think this is one of the more underrated great fantasy moves that happened this offseason. It's clear that the Broncos have absolutely no faith in Royce Freeman. I'm surprised he hasn't been traded yet. When it comes to Philip Lindsay, he has been fucking spectacular. He's been awesome, explosive, fun to watch. But it's also clear that they have no faith in him holding up over the course of a year. And I mean, he's proven that in back-to-back -back years. He's just, I don't want to say he's fragile, but he's just too small. And he can't take those hits over the court. You can't take 250, 300 touches over the course of a full NFL season. And they know that now. And they're switching things up. And we want to think about Lindsay as being this like small scat back, explosive, good in the receiving game. He's been shitty in the 
the receiving game. Michael, they've had to depend on him not only to be the early down grinder because Royce Freeman is just, forget where I saw and heard the reports, but the coaches in Denver were talking about how Royce Freeman was not explosive enough to run the scheme that they had. He wasn't good enough to hit the outside corner and break away. And for that reason, they had to turn Lindsey into the thumper in that backfield. That is not what Lindsey does well. He's just a guy that you get in space and let him kind of explode up the field. He's also been really poor in the passing game. In terms of like yards per route run, he's commanded a, a pretty sizable amount of targets over the last two years. But in terms of efficiency and yards per route run, he has not been good in the passing game for the Denver Broncos. That th these Both of these, all these weaknesses add up to a big Melvin Gordon year because he's going to get a ton of carries. I wouldn't be surprised if we started seeing Melvin Gordon get 16, 17, 18 carries per game, especially starting off. And he's someone that later on into the year, they can continue to depend on, right? When it gets to that December football, that's where they're going to be using Melvin Gordon heavily. So I like him in the beginning. I like him at the end. And he's proven that he's a very, very good pass catcher out of the backfield. And that's where I think he's going to get sneaky, sneaky, sneaky high volume in the passing game and on the goal line. This offensive line will probably be the best offensive line that Melvin Gordon's actually ever ran behind. They were sneaky good last year in the running game. And now they add Graham Glasgow, who I believe is the number six rated run blocking guard per PFF through free agency. That is a big, big add. Anytime you're adding guys in the middle, that is huge for the running back, right? The tackles are huge for the passing game and good for the running back, obviously, too. But when we're looking at real efficiency, what pushes the needle for running back yards per carry to go from 3.9 to 4.7 or whatever, and that makes a difference over 250 carries, obviously, that is where the guards in the center make a huge difference. And that is where they get the upgrade for Melvin Gordon, man. I would not be surprised. This offense is going to try to move the ball a lot. They're going to try to move the ball downfield. I think he gets a lot of scoring opportunities. And like Kamara, I'm not going to be surprised whatsoever if Melvin Gordon finishes the year with double-digit touchdowns. I think they paid him. I think they want to primarily use him as a workhorse. They're still going to use Lindsey. This is not a shade on Lindsey, man. I really like Philip Lindsey. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL, actually. Really fun to watch. Really explosive. You just love the underdog story in Lindsey. But it's clear that, you know, they're just, you, you can't use him as a workhorse for three straight years. I think he still gets eight to 10 touches a game. But Melvin Gordon was really, really good in fantasy, not getting 25 touches a game. He was someone that was heavily involved in the passing game and getting a lot of goal line work. And that's what we're going to see in Denver. He doesn't need the 22 touches, 25 touches a game to return top 10 numbers fantasy-wise. So I'm in on Melvin Gordon in the third round, man. And these are my three favorite backs that you can pick at a reasonable value in those rounds. It is Alvin Kamara in the first. It is Miles Sanders in the second. It is Melvin Gordon and or Chris Carson in the third. Usually one of those guys actually drops to the fourth, so you might be able to double dip on both of those guys. But we will be back for real round four, round five, and round six in tomorrow's video. Make sure that you check out the number one and two rated draft kits in the world right now. I will not tell you which one's better than which. They're both fucking phenomenal, and both of them have their pieces to go along with it. You can head over to playerprofiler.com to grab the Roto Underworld draft kit. You can sign up on Monkey Knife Fight. You also get 15 bucks to play with on Monkey Knife Fight along with this deal. So that is a cool part of the value. You get all the draft guides for free, plus money to play with, which we are going to turn into revenue once the NFL season starts, baby. That's all I got for y'all today. Again, if you enjoyed it, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Subscribe, baby. Hit that little sub button. Hit it. And if you are on the podcast listening, kicking flavor, make sure that you give this a rating and review, and I will love y'all forever. See you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.